This is a story from Shetland, which I used to hear my dear old friend, the late Lawrence Tullock, telling. It's a story from Fettler in Shetland. Now, Shetland, like Orkney, is not over-blessed with trees, and so timber was a very important commodity, and if any wood washed ashore from a shipwreck or lost off the deck of a ship, well, it was treated as a, a great valuable resource. It was all taken up and stored and used. Now, one day, the cry went up that down at a certain geo there was a large a pile of wood coming washing in. Now, nobody knew where the wood came from, whether it was the deck cargo of a ship that had been washed over the side, or whether a ship had foundered and sank. And this was part of the cargo and part of the ship itself. But they went down to the shore, and they gathered up all the wood and laid it above the high water mark, which is the way that you do things properly. That means it has been claimed, and no one else has the right to touch it. So they carted up the wood and set it up above high water mark, and they carried on doing this all day. Now there was more wood being washed into the geo the whole time, but it was still a bit far out, and it wasn't sure as to whether it would end up on the beach or not. It might end up being pulled back out when the tide turned and being washed somewhere else. So there was one man there who had tied a rope around himself, and he went into the waves, and he was grabbing this wood and pulling it ashore. The men on the shore had a hold of the rope, and he was bringing in more and more and more of this wood, this valuable timber. But then he made a discovery, an awful discovery, because there was the corpse of a man, and he had his arms over a capstan bar of the ship. He obviously thought that it would keep him afloat, and that he might make it to the shore. But whether he died of cold, or whether he drowned, well, no one knew. But there was one thing for certain, he was dead all right. Well, his body was dragged ashore, now, in those days, you wouldn't bury the body of a drowned sailor in the kirkyard, in the graveyard. You, you wouldn't do that because of, well, many things. For a start, you didn't know what religion the person was when they were alive. But also, it was believed that the sea claimed its prey and that every year, the sea had to have a certain number of victims. And if you took the body away from the sea too far, then the sea would swell up and try to retrieve it. So if you buried him in the graveyard, then the sea could flood in over the graveyard too. So you didn't want that. So the bodies were buried by the shore. Now, it was starting to get dark, and to be honest, discovering the body had put a real dampener on their excitement. 
They were happy when the wood was coming in, but now that they could see that it was the sort of a tragedy, this wood came to them through a terrible accident, through a loss of a ship. Then they didn't feel like carrying on working any more that day. Also, they were very tired, but they did think, well, there's probably going to be more wood here tomorrow. We'll, we'll start again tomorrow. But the first thing that they had to do was bury the sailor. So they dug a large hole, and instead of making a coffin, they lined the bottom of the hole with wooden planks, and they put wooden planks up the sides and up the ends of the grave as well, and they placed the man in the grave, in this wood-lined pit. Well, there was one of the young men there. He was eyeing up this dead sailor, and the thing that had taken his attention was the man's boots. He was wearing a fine pair of leather boots with a wooden sole, and the leather, although it was thick, it was pliable. It was good fisherman's boots. And the man thought, I can tell by looking at that, that those boots are going to fit me. So, damn it, I'm going to have that. And he said, Look at the boots on that man. They're, they're fantastic. What wonderful boots. I'm going to have them for myself. Those boots are just the right size for me. Well, the men there, their faces fell and the look of horror on them. They said, My God, man, what are you thinking? You can't do that. Stealing from the dead? That's the lowest you can do. And it's dangerous as well. You should never steal from the dead. No, no, the boots stay on his feet. So they covered the top of the grave with more wooden planks, and then they filled it in, and they went off home. Now that night, the young man was lying in his bed, and he was thinking about those boots. What a waste. What a waste to lie there in a grave, worn by a dead man who would only rot inside them. What a utter waste that was. No, he wanted those boots, and by God he was going to have those boots. So he got a spade. Now, that night it was almost a full moon, so it was quite bright. And he went down to the shore, and he dug up the grave. He dug until he heard the spade hit one of the wooden planks. And he uncovered the top of the grave, and he opened it. And there in the moonlight lay the dead sailor. He jumped into the grave, and he pulled off those boots. And then he replaced the wooden planks over the top of him, and he filled in the grave again, so no one would know that it had been disturbed. And then he headed off home. Now the thing is, he couldn't start wearing those boots right away, because people would recognize them. So he decided that it would be best if he hid them. 
and he would leave them for a year or so, and then he would start wearing them, and by that time people would have forgotten all about the boots. So he would be able to start wearing them and get the use from them. So he took them to the barn and he hid them under a pile of straw, and then he went back to his bed. Well, a few days passed, and he was in the barn one evening, thrashing some bare sheaves of, of bare of barley. He's knocking the grain off it with a flail. And he was doing this by the light of the old collie lamp. Now, a collie lamp was an iron lamp that burnt fish oil. And this was the source of light. They're also called cruisy lamps. But in Shetland collie. So the old collie lamp was burning away when suddenly it spluttered out and darkness fell. Well, the man was surprised at that, but, you know, these things happen. Must be in a draught, he thought. So he lit it again. And the same thing happened. The light went out. He relit it. And again the light went out. Now, it wasn't in a draught. He knew that, because there was no wind that night. It was flat, calm, and the moon was shining. So he thought, it must be the wick. So he went up to his house, and he got a strip of linen. And he brought it down, and he rolled it up into the right shape, and he soaked it in the oil, and he lit it and it burnt with a fine, clear light. Nothing wrong with this. So he went back to the flailing, to the thrashing. But the lamp went out again. Now he knew it wasn't the wick this time. He thought that maybe somebody was playing tricks on him. So he lit the wick once more. But instead of going back to his work, he watched it to see what would happen. And he saw a white hand coming around the opening of the door. It was a long, thin hand with blackened fingernails. And it was attached to a long, thin arm. And it started to play with the flame. The index finger went round and round and round in the flame but it showed no sign of any pain. It was as if this hand could feel no warmth, no heat, and certainly was not burnt by the flame. It played with the flame for a short time, and then, between the thumb and index finger, snuff, snuffed out the lamp. Now the man was left there again in the darkness, and a terrible feeling of foreboding swept over him. And he went outside to see who it was that had been messing around with his lamp. And there, to his horror, he saw a long, thin figure leaning against the side of the barn. The face he recognized. If he didn't recognize the face, he would have recognized them by the absence of his boots.
the man was standing there in his socks. What do you want? he asked. The ghost looked back at him and said, I want my boots. Well, fear ran through the young man, and he said, I, I, I'll, I'll just go and get them. And he ran in the barn, and he dug under the straw, and he took out the boots, and he went back, and he offered them to the ghost. But the ghost looked them straight in the eye and shook his head slowly and said, No use to me. I can't take them. You have to put them on my feet, just as you took them off. So the man had to get a spade and go back to the shore, back to the grave, and dug again until he heard the spade strike the wooden top, and then cleared that off and took the boards off the top, and there was the figure that he had just seen lying dead in the grave, and he had to go in and pull those boots back on the dead feet, back where they belonged. And then he replaced the boards on the top, and he filled in the grave again, and he went home. Now after that, the thought of stealing from the dead never entered his head. And after that, he was never bothered by any more ghostly visitations. <laughs>